in the body of Christ within the past couple of weeks, and um, there's just a change that's happening, and uh, I feel like today is a uh, <clears throat> is a, a catalyst point of that change, and um, and so I just I just want to share that with you. It's burning in my heart. Um, things are are changing, and um, it's good when it's something that's done in. Uh, can I get just a touch more volume on this mic? It's good when there's when it's something that's done in the in the spirit, because you know how I many know that that people have the ability to emotionally drum people up in church, and uh, you know they can get people emotional and get people riled up in their emotions, and that's only going to last for a season. Because your emotions are, they're up and down, man. Sometimes you feel great, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel saved, sometimes you don't, you know. Your feelings are not, are not an indicator of what reality is. But when your spirit is moved, that's something entirely different. Um, because your spirit, it's deep waters. It's deep, you know. Our emotions are just the splashing of our thoughts and our feelings, but when your spirit gets moved, something deep happens inside of you. And that's what the true prophetic actually does. Um, Brian was just sharing prophetically. And uh, how many of y'all felt that down here? Right? Yeah. And so, and, and everything that he's speaking is things that God has been ministering to me. I've spent hours on this Easter sermon. Okay? Hours. Anytime I spend that much time on a sermon, I know I'm not going to preach it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's too much of me that's in it, too much of my effort. Not saying you can't prepare a sermon or whatever, but I know for a fact that God's moving us in a different direction, and I just have something burning on the inside of me, and I just want to share it with you. These past few years in the body of Christ, there's been um, a restoration of the gospel, and um uh, it, it has been restored back to God's people because, um, and, and really what the gospel is, is it's just the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of what he accomplished through the cross, through the resurrection, and, and through the fact that, that God took care of the sin of the entire world um, 2,000 years ago. All the sin of all mankind is, is being taken care of. Turn to turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter five, please, and I'll. I feel like we're going to work out of this this text. And so, there's been a uh, there's been a restoration of that to the church, and it is um, a part of the building process in the sense that the gospel is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. You know, it's what He has done. It's not what we have done. And so um, everything that's built without the finished work of the cross ultimately lends, ends itself to being man's efforts, drawing attention to man. I mean, you know, we've seen way too much man worship in the body of Christ. Like pe- pastors have been worshipped, pa- you know, praise and worship leaders have been worshipped, churches have been worshipped. Folks, there's only one that needs to be worshipped, and that's Jesus Christ. 
you know, the, the, the greatest thing, what the gospel allows you to do is it actually positions you as a minister to move you out of the way so that you can point to Jesus and not to yourself. Not what you've done, not what you've given, uh, not how much you've prayed, not how much you've fasted, not the anointing that's on your life, not your giftings, not you at all. It is all about him. And so what the gospel does is it, it positions a leader to recognize that his job is actually to point people to Jesus so they can have their own relationship with God. And, and it starts to, to cut down um, the idolatry that's been present in the church. Um, where, where legalism is present and there's an absence of grace and there's an absence of the gospel, people tend to worship people and worship what the people do. And um, so God's been <clears throat> restoring the gospel to the body of Christ for the purpose <clears throat> of removing that and, um, and, you know, and also uh, removing the tyranny that's been in the church. Um, there's been some, some really awful things happening in the church, and it happens where, where the gospel is not in the center of what's being preached, where Jesus isn't in the center. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, a pastor should never have control over someone's life. They should never have control over someone's life. They should never uh, be, be able to manipulate people and to control people and to force people to give and to guilt people into praying or guilt people into coming to church. The engine of the New Testament church is not guilt and condemnation. The engine of the New Testament church is actually freedom and love and liberty and the Spirit of God leading people as a result of them understanding who they are. Amen? How I many know oh, you're not called to have a relationship with God through the pastor? You're called, you bring your own relationship with God to the church. Amen? You know, and my job or a leader's job is to point you to Him, to, to plug you in and to activate that personal relationship so that you can hear God for yourself. Okay, get an amen. You hear God for you better than anybody else does. Now, the pastor will confirm what's going on in your life. The pastor or the minister will bring even correction, you know, concerning doctrine and concerning the, the, the way that we hear things. But at the end of the day, as a child of God, you are the temple of the living God and God lives on the inside of you. And, and so the, the truth comes and it brings adjustments, but it should bear witness with your spirit. You're not an Old Testament Christian. You're not an Old Testament believer. You don't need a middleman. You know, Moses is dead. You're not, you know, you are, you are a child of God. You are the temple of the living God. You have your own relationship with God. How I many know you know when it bears witness here and when it don't? When it don't bear witness here, throw it out. I don't care who said it. I don't care who they are. Amen. No, no human being has all truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, what Grant preached last week, I was working out when I listened to it. And when he first started preaching it, it messed with my head. Like with my head, I thought, dang, man, you're, you're taking that phrase away from us, you know? But, um, but it bore witness with my spirit, and it bore witness in the scriptures, and it was the truth. Can I get an amen? It was, I want the truth. I don't, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, and so it bore witness here. You know, and as I continue to listen to it, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. Duh, the work's not finished until Jesus is raised from the dead. <laughs> Amen? It's not, but we, we have a tendency. We like our bite-sized Christianity, and we like our little phrases, and we like our little go-to things. And, you know, I'm a grace person. I'm a faith person. I'm a this. I'm a that. Your, your identity's got to be in Jesus Christ. This is about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Amen? 
And so, but you have your own relationship with God. And so the, the gospel is being preached, and it, it's really tossed the temple tables in the church. Um, it, it's caused a lot of deconstruction has happened. I mean, have y'all noticed weird things have been happening in the church? Have you noticed churches have been closing down? Have you noticed that, that candlesticks have been removed? You know, there's, there's a, uh, there's, man, I'll tell you what, man, I, some of these guys preaching this crazy stuff, it's like I'm scared for them. And I know who God is, and I know God is a God of love, but I'm telling you right now, there, there, is, a, there is a greater, there is a higher level of responsibility for a teacher. Yeah. Scripture says it. There's a greater judgment. And, and uh, when you start to make it about you and what you've done, and you know Jesus just becomes a little moniker or just a little thing that we put on the sign to try to, 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 to um, solidify what we're doing, it's a problem. And so... Things have been changing. Have you noticed? And you know, when construction happens, uh, things get torn down. Things get plucked up. Things get removed. And um, there's been a lot of that happening in the body of Christ. Even the world has seen it. The world's looking at the church, and they're like, y'all are dying. Statistically. They love it, too. They love it. No, we're not. We're not at all. We're we're being we're we're being deconstructed so that we can be reformed into the to the image of what he has for the for his for his bride. Can I get an amen? You know, when the temple tables were tossed in the temple, it looked like the temple was going down and the temple was dying. How I many of the temple wasn't dying, it was being purged. It was being cleansed. Judgment's got to begin in the house of God. And, and so uh, there's a cleansing that's happening through the gospel. Um, there's, a, there's a deconstruction. There's a, there's a construction that's happening. And the world can look, and it's, they look at it and think, man, clearly, you know, the church is dying and Christianity's over. Because, I mean, you know, church, church attendance worldwide is down more than it's ever been. <laughs> And I think it's great. <laughs> I'm probably the only pastor laughing and rejoicing in that this Sunday morning. Did you have something? Yeah. And so, like, so the the tenants is down, churches are closed, um, and there's a deconstruction process that's happening. But how many know God Almighty's doing just fine? Can I get an amen? And, and, and how many know that, that his church is doing just fine? See, everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken may remain. Things that are born of man are dying right now. They are. And, and, and we want them to. And not, not because we're against the people that are wrapped up in it. How I many you know sometimes something's got to die and be removed so you can see what's real and you can see what, what's true? How I many know oh, God's heart towards all those people who are preaching error? How I many know oh, He loves them? Can't get an amen. He loves those people. They're His kids, man. He, they're just the elder brother. They've got a warped view of who He is. And so, as a result of their warped view of who He is, they have a warped presentation of who He is. And it's, it's stopping the kingdom from advancing. Amen. Because it's not about man and what man can do or what man can build. Can I get an amen? And so there's this deconstruction process, and and it's so strong and it's so big that, like I said, the world has taken notice. They got their little polls and they got their statistics, and they're you know they're saying this and they're saying that. 
But the, the, the church of Jesus Christ is not dying, okay? It's coming out of the grave. And, and I'm telling you, <clears throat> what the future holds for the church is we're, we're, we're going to identify less with our church building and with our denomination or our non-denomination, and we're going to identify more with Jesus, and with the body of Christ. Now, I'm not, I, don't, I, I do not believe that, you know, the Bible says that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves to get to coming together so much more as the day approaches. So what that tells me is as the return of Jesus is on the horizon, how I many know oh, we will be coming to church? We will be getting strengthened. We need, how many of y'all have been strengthened by each other this morning? I have. Just some of you, seeing your faces and hugging you, like some of, I, I could have just sat and talked to you all day. Like, and not preached and not done anything just because I enjoy being around you and enjoy seeing you. And um, how many know there, there is a strength to fellowship, man, that we can't get any other way? There's something about just being around each other. And so I, I don't think that the church is going to stop gathering together at all, but I do think that we're going to stop identifying with a building or with a ministry or with a person and we're going to be we're going to arise and, and be the body of Christ um, where we honor each other. Can't get an amen. A lot of churches are taught to honor the pastor. They're not taught to honor each other. If you're honoring the pastor, but you're not honoring each other, then you've then you're then you're you got a little idolatry going on. <laughs> amen. And I know those are strong words, but here's the thing. How I many there's nobody in this room any better than anybody else? Nobody. Nobody in here is any better than anybody else. Everybody in this room, we need Jesus. And without Jesus, none of us were making it. Amen? And, and you know, the, the pastor, and, and I don't think we should dishonor the pastor because you're not going to be able to receive from someone that you don't respect. I mean, honor is important, but it's not just honor in one direction. How many of you know it's honor to each other? How many know the people around you, they're part of the body of Christ? How many know Jesus said he wants you to treat those people like him. Like him. See, that's the test of real love. Is not can I treat how are you gonna how are you gonna treat Jesus when you see him? You're gonna be overwhelmed. I watched the chosen last night. Finally watched the chosen, folks. My God, I finally listened to God. Took me a long time. It's ridiculous sometimes how long it can take us to do something that God's telling us to do. Everywhere I go, you need to watch The Chosen. You, somebody on the street corner, you need to watch The Chosen. You need to watch The Chosen. Brian texted me the other day, you seen The Chosen? Man, I, lay, I, lay, I stayed up till midnight watching The Chosen, crying. Crying like a baby. Just, just with my iPad, just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And like, because what it does is, it, it, it reminds us that he's not just on the pages, that he's alive and he's a person and he has a personality and we're going to get to be around him. We'll see Jesus, man, and, and, and be touched by him and to touch him. And, and, and to, you know, I love what John said, that which we have seen, which our hands have handled. You know, he's like, our, 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 our senses experience Jesus, right? How I many know oh, that's coming for us, right? And it's going to be awesome. It's not going to be challenging to honor Jesus when we see him. But the challenge is to honor him in each other as we're here. Amen. 
It is true. But that's what he wants. And then let me, let me open it up even bigger than just the believers. He said, when you do it to the least, you do it to me. He, he, he's calling us to see the world the way he sees the world so that we can love them the way that he wants us to love them. Are you all tracking me here? And so there's this deconstruction that's going on in the church, and it's wonderful. And really, the gospel is what's caused a, tr- a tremendous amount of the shaking. Because how many of y'all, when you heard the gospel afresh and anew, and you spent a lot of time in legalism, how many of y'all, it's like your eyes were opened, and you can't believe that you were asleep for so long? Yeah, I spent 14 years in legalism, and when I, when I got my attention back on Jesus again, it's like I awoke from a dream. And I'd been wandering around in the wilderness, and I didn't even realize that I had been. And it immediately made me reject what I was in. And, um, and so, so there's a deconstruction that's going on, and it's wonderful, and it's beautiful. There's, so there's this reintroduction of the gospel. It's impacted the churches, right? Which is good. Now, the next thing that the gospel is going to do is how many know it's going to impact you in your relationship with God? Okay? And we talk a lot about that. So we're, and we're not going to talk a whole lot about that this morning, but I just want to refresh it, and I want to I reiterate it real quickly because you can't give what you haven't first received. <clears throat> and so, so the, the transition that... I'm just trying to... Lord, help me. I need help. Help me. The, the transition that I see happening is exactly what he was, was, Brian was speaking out, Okay? We are going to take church out there. That's what we're going to do. Um, This is great, but this is the light gathering together. See, in order for for the light to shine in darkness, it's got to go to darkness. If you don't go to darkness, you can't shine. And so that means the gospel needs to be preached out there. And you are all ministers. It's your calling to preach the gospel. You're called to preach the good, the good news. Let me read it to you real quick. In, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, and we'll start in verse 17, chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled himself, reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us to the world, we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. So you and me are ministers of reconciliation. The world has heard way too much hellfire and brimstone. Hellfire and brimstone is not the message of the gospel. Okay, It doesn't change the fact that there's repercussions for rejecting Jesus. It doesn't change the fact uh, that there's, there's justice and vindication and all of these things. But listen... Your message that you're called to preach 
whether you're doing it on a hilltop, you're doing it in a, a Facebook post, you're doing it in Walmart, you're doing it to a friend. When's the last time you shared the gospel with an unbeliever? This is our primary calling as a church. And one of the reasons that we haven't done it is we don't want to be rejected. Because we hate to be rejected. Because we've spent our whole lives rejected. How you know, Jeremiah? Well, as a believer, you've experienced a lot of rejection. Amen. How many know rejection hurts? But here's the thing. The gospel will fill up your heart in those places of rejection and heal you from the need to have people's approval. The gospel is a two-edged sword. It's used to, to preach to the unbelievers, but then it's also used to strengthen us because <laughs> the gospel will strengthen you. I mean, that's what we've been doing the past five, six, seven years is preaching the gospel so that the reconciled will realize they're reconciled so that now we can go out and reconcile be ministers of reconciliation. Someone who does not believe God loves them and God's for them is incapable of truly, effectively sharing a message of reconciliation. And, and I'll give it to you like this. Let's say, you know, Brandon and I are friends, and say someone had a falling out with Brandon, you know, in the church. You know, someone, you know, let's say, uh, let's say, you know, Tim. Praise God, Tim's great. Great example. Tim said, me. <laughs> But let's say that, like, we're all friends, but Tim and, and, and uh, Brandon had a falling out. And so, and so but then I, I find out that, that Brandon's cool with Tim, right? Now, if, I'm not, if I don't feel like I'm cool with Brandon, it's going to be real hard for me to convince Tim that Brandon is cool with him. You understand what I'm saying? But if I know me and Brandon are good and we're tight and we're solid, then I'm going to be confident to let Tim know that he's in good standing with Brandon. Are you following me? And we've had a lot of evangelism in the church that had an engine of legalism. It had an engine of condemnation and guilt and hellfire and brimstone. And we went around pointing out what people were doing wrong and we condemned people and all of this. That does not advance the kingdom of God. It, it pushes people away. Now listen, how many you know sin's still sin and right's still right and wrong's still wrong? The gospel does not change that. Can you get an amen? But the, the good news of the gospel is that all sin has been paid for. God is not mad at you. God loves you. And God is extending a new nature to you through the outstretched hand of His Son Jesus and if you'll receive that, you can become born again and you can enjoy this forgiveness that was given to you 2,000 years ago. You can become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so, but the church, they have not, so, I mean, I, I mean, there are, a whole, there are vast numbers of people who go around knocking on doors trying to convert somebody so that they can be converted. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? I mean, you know, they're, they're, everything they're doing is trying to get in good with God. Everything that they say, everything that they do, it's this works mentality. How I many know oh, there's no love there whatsoever? It's all very self-focused. I'm just trying to get as many notches on my belt as I can so God will be pleased with me. 
How I many you know people don't want to be a notch on the evangelical belt? People, people don't want your church shoved down their throat like a, like a used car. People don't, people, no offense, brother, sorry. <laughs> amen. He sells cars for a living, so amen. Amen. But, but how many know you're, you're not trying to sell your church? Can I get an amen? You are giving Jesus. Now, people may come to your church as a result of that. Some people, some people may, some people may not. But if my goal to get you to evangelize is to grow a church, i got a problem. I, my eyes are not on the kingdom. My eyes are on my kingdom. And so it can't be to grow a church. It can't be to be in good standing with God. It can't have all these awful motives. It's got to be, I am forgiven I am loved. I'm a child of God. Freely, I have received. I just want to share it. I want to share it. Because the gospel has come to rearrange all the stuff that I was just talking about in the church. And then how many know the gospel rearranges your own heart as well? All of a sudden, you find out that God's love for you is not based on you at all. On the good things that you do, on the bad things that you do, you, you, you begin to receive this unconditional love, and it changes your heart, it changes your life, right? It brings you into a state of being loved and to, to being and being whole, right? But here's the thing. The course of the gospel doesn't end with you. You've got to share the message. If you share the message... There are places inside of you that are going to come alive that have been dead for a long time. We, we, we can't grow selfish with the gospel. We, we can't grow selfish with grace. How I many we can't even grow selfish with just the church itself? We're called to share the good news. That's what we're called to do, man. So I challenge you. Next week, share the good news with somebody. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It's good. No, it's good. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. The kingdom is go. It's go ye. That's the kingdom, man. Now, we, we, we want to be able to gather together because we need the strength of the faith on the inside of all of, all of us. I mean, we've all been strengthened in a way this morning that we would not have been if we did just stayed home just how it is. We need each other, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. But I agree with what you're sharing because the kingdom is, it's, it, it infiltrates. It goes in. It shines a light, right? So I just, I, I, I've been feeling, I've been tell, talking to Stacy about it. I've been feeling in my spirit just a change, man, of, uh, of, of really taking the message out. And here's the thing. All you got to do is share the message, it's not your job to determine the results. That's one of the most important aspects of it. I'm not talking about arguing with people. I'm not talking about debating with people. I'm talking about just preaching the gospel. Letting them know that God loves them. They're forgiven. Jesus died for their sins. And they can receive, they can receive Jesus. Just shine. Just sowing the seed, man. And, and, I, and I believe, and as Brian was sharing prophetically, you're going to have times where the Spirit of the Lord drops on you when you're out. And God, it's going to be like, now. And there's going to be awesome things that happen. Amen? There's going to be powerful things that happen. But there's also going to be rejection. You have to know that. And when rejection comes... Warm your hands by the fire of the gospel that's on the inside of you. God hasn't rejected you. God loves you. Can I get an amen? The church hasn't rejected you. The people, we love you. Can I get an amen? But, but a part of sharing the, the gospel is there's, there's elements of rejection that are going to happen. But how I many know that the more, the stronger you get in the love of God, the more you care what anybody thinks about you. We live in a culture right now where everybody's just can't, everybody's ready to reject and cancel anything they don't agree with. Like we, this this cancel culture thing is just developed to the extreme where if oh if I'm offended to anything, bam, I'm going to cut that out of my life, and it's trying to set the stage to make people afraid of sharing the truth. Listen, share the truth. Become more bold in sharing the truth. But listen, make sure it's in love. It must be in love. If it's not done in love, then we're not representing who God is. It must be done in love. We can't just take truth and shove it down people's throats. We can't. We, we Just the gospel. So I challenge you. Share the gospel with somebody. Pray for somebody. Next week, amen? And this is what I believe is going to happen. I believe that you're going to enjoy it so much and get more comfortable doing it and more comfortable doing it, you're almost going to become addicted to it. 
And, and, and what's going to happen is it's going to fill up some things that are missing on the inside of you. Amen. Because love just coming to you and it not flowing through you, how many know those waters can get bored and stagnant? How many know a pond water is gross because water doesn't flow out of it? And, and a lot of times, and, and you may be saying, well, Jeremiah, I don't feel worthy to share the gospel. Listen, listen, none of us are worthy of ourselves. I mean, oh, he's the one who made us worthy. Can I get an amen? He did it. He cleansed you. You're clean. You're the righteousness of God. You know, you see the woman at the well, she immediately went and shared about Jesus. She, and, and she was in a more immorality in the moment when Jesus, sh- Jesus shared with her, and she was in immorality. It didn't stop him from sharing with her. In fact, he changed the course of his whole ministry so he could meet with one woman at a well who, 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 who was in immorality. And she heard the message. She didn't have to go to 20 years of Bible college. She didn't have to go to 15 church services. She immediately went and told everybody. We, we need that type of simplicity in the kingdom. And that's what I see happening. I see us telling people and the fire getting lit in people and then them running and telling people. I'm talking about someone who was just smoking a crack pipe. I'm talking about someone who was just involved in, in all that. I see God. This is the 11th hour worker. It's about to come to pass. You're about to see it. And then you're going to see people who's been in church for years and years and years, and we're seeing miracles and signs and wonders and the Spirit of God dropping on these what the world would consider nobodies. And God's like, this is how I do things. I take the least worthy, and I set them up, and I bless them to let everybody know I'm good to all. I'm good to all. My goodness is not, you can't, the challenge with the church is we always want to get in control of God's goodness. Okay, you get a little bit of goodness because you've been good this week, and you get a little bit of goodness. No, man, that's not how the kingdom works. God says, I'm going to be good. You can't find fault with me because I've decided to be good. And so that's what I see happening. And, and I'm excited about it. I've been feeling it in my spirit. There's been a dissatisfaction in my spirit. And, and, uh, just to, and how many know God will allow you to get uncomfortable so that you'll make a decision to do something different? Yeah, there there'll be a there'll be a an, an uncomfortability that'll because how many know we 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 like safety, we're creatures of habit, we like things easy. And and but I'm telling you, some of you, this is the key to your happiness, this is the key to your peace, this is the key to your joy, this is the key to to to, now listen, I know you're already whole in Christ. Please never think that I'm telling you otherwise than that. But you're called, you're a minister of reconciliation. Everybody in this room, you are. And you know, and, and, and you and you and don't ever try to be somebody else. Just be you. You be you. But you but let's let's minister. Let's help. Let's bless in the days ahead. You know, and there are times when, when God's going to, like Brian was sharing, and I believe, I believe the Spirit of the Lord's going to drop on you. And you're going to know that you know that you know. You may pray for somebody and see a miracle right there in the streets. Or you may not feel anything. But you see an opportunity to share the goodness of God. Just share the gospel with somebody next week. Somebody. Because here's the thing. I love preaching to the believers, but I want to preach to the unbelievers. That's what I want to do, right? I want to go. I'm gonna preach to the unbelievers. How are we gonna do it? You gotta go to them. I gotta go get up in their grill. I gotta go where they're at and preach. And and if they receive, they receive. If they don't, they don't. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with, with me whatsoever. Your job is to herald the message. 
Your job is not to determine. But because so many of these people, they've not heard the true gospel. They've heard a message that's not the gospel. And they just rejected religion. I mean, we agree with them about rejecting religion. We hate religion too. Just preach that God loves them, God's not mad at them, and salvation comes through Jesus. And then let's see what happens. <laughs> some, some, some of the time, it's going to be awesome, and some of the time, they're going to get mad at you. And it, who cares? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's none of your business, really. But you're called, you're called to shine this light. And so as you see a transition in the church, the, uh, it's time to hit the streets. It's time to evangelize. It's time to take the kingdom into the places of darkness. Amen? And so I don't know what that's going to look like in the days ahead. Um, I know that I'm going to get started. And then as God leads me, I, I will, we may do some stuff here at, you know, with the church. We may go out together um, and share. But, but here's the thing. I don't want you to think that's the only way that it happens. That's really important because in the past, well, we're having an evangelistic event. Doo, doo, doo. You know, but it's not really like that, man. It's, it's everyday life. That person you see in the gas station every day, that person, that person you see at the coffee shop every day, that person, share the gospel with them. Once again, it's not your job to make them get saved. How many of you know the Spirit of the Lord is the one that convicts them of the sin of unbelief? That's a really important thing. Don't come up to them and start correcting them. Well, you shouldn't be talking like that. You shouldn't be acting like that. You should. That's not the gospel. That's not your job. The Holy Ghost does that. The Spirit of God will take the gospel and convict the unbeliever of unbelief in Christ. And I, I, I want God involved in this. I don't want people running around trying to strong-arm people into praying the sinner's prayer so they can get a notch on their belt and feel good about themselves. We see too much of that. Just share the good news. They may receive right then. They may not receive at all. They may be like me when I was a teenager. Everybody shared the good news of me. I rejected them. Hardcore. For years. Shut them down. Tried to talk about their Christianity. And look at me, I'm a preacher now. <laughs> so don't think because you sowed a seed and you didn't see that thing come to pass that something didn't happen. Okay, get an Amen. So I just, and I know this is not your, your good, you know, Easter message, <laughs> praise God, but I know this is what the Lord's saying. There's not a doubt in my mind about it. Think about it next week, maybe even today. Start sharing the good news, man. What does that look like for you? I want you to, ima I want you to imagine yourself sharing the good news with somebody. Just think about it. And I know different people have different personalities, but like maybe it's somebody you work with and you've worked with forever. How hard is it to tell somebody good news? Just good news. Do you know God loves you? God loves you more than anyone's ever loved you before. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He wants to rescue you through His Son, Jesus. How many of that? You can share the gospel in 30 seconds. You know? And that may be all that happens. But you shared it. You shine the light. Okay, get an amen. Now listen, it's not going to make God love you more. It's not going to make God love you more. God loves you whether you ever share the gospel or not. Amen? You're his kid. But I think it's going to do something for you.
I think it's going to do something for you. I think it's going to change something inside of you. Amen? Because it's like, anyway, so, I mean, there's just an activation, man. Let's go. Let's do it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be really cool things that happen. Amen? There's going to be cool things, and then there's going to be, F you, get out of my face, blankety-blank Christian, shake the dust, keep rolling. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, and here's the thing. If we do it right, rejection will just drive you back into the gospel. You understand what I'm saying? How I many you know Paul got rejected a lot? He, I know. I ain't believing God for none of that. Uh-uh. No weapon formed against Jeremiah Johnson shall prosper. Angels encamp round about you and protect you and keep you safe. Amen? That's where you set your faith. Amen? Um, but, like, people around him rejected him. How many of his brethren rejected him? How many of Peter rejected him? But you know what? He said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. How many of those moments when everybody rejected him, but the Lord stood with him and strengthened him, how many of those were special moments? So I'm, just, I'm, say, I'm saying that, that when rejection comes, warm your hands by the fire of your relationship with the Lord and other believers. And we're going to start talking about it here. We're going to start testifying about it and sharing about it. Different things that have happened, the good and the bad. Because the church is not the church if all we do is just come here. And listen, I've been super, I've been super active on social media here lately. Like, if you guys know, I mean, I'm preaching all the time on social media. That's great. But I feel like that season is shifting. Like, I feel like I, I need, God's calling me, go out into the street. Be around somebody. Thank God for social media. And I'm going to continue to preach on social media because a lot gets done on social media. It's a great platform. <clears throat> but, like, there's something beyond a Facebook post. There's something beyond sharing a sermon. There's something beyond a teaching. There's a f- flesh and blood moment with a human being. Yes. And it also might just be helping. You know what else sets the stage? Helping somebody. Blessing somebody. Loving on somebody. Feeding somebody. Good deeds, man. Good works. Being kind. All these things set the stage. Now, if you do it properly, you'll point to Jesus and not yourself. Hopefully, you've learned the gospel enough to know that when you do something good, you don't, you don't point to you or even your church. You point to Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? You, you make sure it's about the Lord. It's got to be. Keep it, keep it clean. You know what I'm saying? Let it be just about him. You do something kind. You do something good. Amen. So I'm, I'm wrapping up here. Did you have something to say? Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. Come on. Yes. 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 Excellent. That's a, that's a really, 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 really good point. You're not being rejected. The Lord is. Please. Thank you. good. Yes. Yes. Come on. That's so good. Yes. Well said. That's so good. 
How hard is it to, to throw the seed? You know what I'm saying? Just cast the seed. Just start throwing it, man. It, it, it's not your job to bring forth. It's just your, it is your job to throw the seed, though, of the love of God. Just start throwing it. And you know what? On some grounds, it's going to grow immediately. Some people are going to be ready to get saved. They're going to be ripe. Some people are going to be like me. They're going to cuss you out. Seriously. Like, that was me. I mean, I, I was that guy for a long time. But all that seed that was sown in me, it brought forth. It just took a long time. So that's a really good point, too. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else have any? Please, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. It's good. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. That's right. Yeah. It's good. If he might have some good grace-based, not hellfire and brimstone tracks, bring him in here. And, and shoot me the information, and we'll bring them in too. Like, what you have right now is good. And uh, let's just get busy about the Father's kingdom, you know. And let's just, let's just get out there and love on people, man. And uh, it's, just, it's just time. I know it is. I feel it right here. So anybody else here? Yes, sir. That's good, man. That's right. good. It's good, man. Well said. That's right. Some people just want to be loved, man, you know, and accepted. It's good. Fellowship. Very, very well said. Amen. It's very good. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Amen. It's good. I haven't got that far, so don't ruin it. I'm only kidding. I read, I read the book. I read the book, so I know what happens. No, I'm so sorry. Please go ahead. No, dude, I know what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, I read the book. I read the book before I watched the movie. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, Brian. Hey, you got to love me. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched like five of them. I couldn't stay up all night and watch it. thought about it. Please continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
God's shaking that up, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's good. That's excellent. Dynamic. That's what I believe, man. Yeah. That's what I believe, man. That's right. Yeah. And the church has been like, oh my gosh, it's so dark. <laughs> we were like, can you believe that? Are they really doing that? They're doing that? Like, God told us it was coming, and now that it's here, we just can't believe it. We're like, this is a bad movie. You know, it, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, what are they doing this week? They're doing that? They think that's right? Oh my gosh. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. That's right. It's good. My hair's messed up. Sorry, guys. Please keep talking. My, Amen. <laughs> Please pre- preach. Preach. I'm sorry. I'm No, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't, don't be afraid of different. Right? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's right. It's good, man. Yeah, come on. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's true. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Good. 